So we did the descent. Yeah, we caved it up last we week. We caved it up. And so this week we are going to talk about the Tam Luang Calf Rescue. Calf? Calf? Cave Rescue. <laughs> wow. The Tom Luang Cave Rescue. Now I'm going to give a little disclaimer here that this is all in Thailand. It's a lot of Thai words mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. will probably fuck up a lot of the pronunciations. We're so. going to apologize in advance yeah. to anybody who does speak Thai and can uh, pronounce these properly because mm-hmm. we're about to butcher some words yeah, and some names. <laughs> all of it. That'll be fun. So this cave complex, I'm going to just call it the TL. Okay. How about that? Was it Tha- Tam Luang? I don't know. Yeah. I, mm, yeah, mm, TL. Yeah. Yeah. So the TL is a cave complex beneath Doi Nong Nong, a mountain range on the border between Thailand and Myanmar. It's the fourth biggest Thai cave system and a popular destination for day trippers and adventurous children. Okay. I did not know, this is me showing my extreme ignorance of being American, that there were caves in Thailand. Yes. Yes, there are for adventurous children. Yeah. So the cave system is about 6.2 miles long and has deep recesses, narrow passages, and tunnels winding under hundreds of meters of limestone. Since part of the cave system is seasonally flooded, a sign advising against entering the caves during the rainy season, which is July through November, is posted at the entrance. Monsoon season. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, the 23rd of June, 2018, a group of 12 boys between 11 and 16 years of age from a local junior soccer team named the Wild Boars. Was that their real name? Yeah. And their 25-year-old assistant coach, who we were going to call EC, but whose name is... <clears throat> mm. Ekafan Chanthuang okay, went okay. missing after setting out to explore the cave. Allegedly, the guys, they were planning on having a birthday party in the cave after one of their soccer practices. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> Just off the bat. Like. Apparently, they spent a shit ton of money on Going food. in caves is not a good idea, no, y'all. No, no. Stay out. That's they where... bought some food and shit. We're about to have a kiki in this cave. Mm-hmm. and uh, But they later denied this in a news conference. Sure, but they did bring but food. They did. It would have been, it would have been, and it was, the birthday of Pirapat Knight Sompianjai. Yeah, that And good. apparently the cave was a favorite hangout destination for the team. So they just go after practice and yeah, chill. Yeah, just hang out in these caves. This is not a good idea. Let me reiterate, caves are bad news bears, y'all. They are. Nothing good lives in the cave that you want to hang out with. There's bats in there. There's Mm-mm. fucking bugs in there. It's probably damp and gross. Gross. It's just, it's a big, huge no for me. It's gross. Well, the team and their coach, EC, they would uh, venture deep into these caves for team initiation rituals. Mm, I'm not going to be on that team. Right. And they would just like, write the name of the new members on cave walls and shit. So they were familiar with these caves. Why can't I Which is I why just they felt comfortable, I guess, going in. Right. Like, why do if I, I have to do this? I was on the team, this? I'm like, no, I'm not going down there. No. I, I signed up to play soccer. I did not sign up for this bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> The team became stranded in the caves by continuous rainfall after they entered, and the rain had built up over the several days previous to this. Mm-hmm. I guess they weren't aware that it was that bad in there. No. They got in there, and then they got and stuck. And they're like, ooh. So they got stuck, and the boys had no choice but to scramble deeper mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. cave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they eventually found themselves marooned 
on a small rocky shelf about four kilometers from the cave entrance, which is, was past a, a normally dry point known as Pattaya Beach. Uh, but unfortunately, Pattaya Beach was now flooded. It's flooded. So it was normally dry, but it was no longer dry. Mm-hmm. And you know why that is, of course. Yes. Global warming. <laughs> Around 7 p.m., the head coach, because the, the coach that the boys were with was like the assistant coach. Right. So around seven, the head coach, he checks his phone and he has like 20 missed calls from the parents of these children worried like, hey, my kids didn't come home. Y'all know where they at? So he calls EC, several of the boys in succession, no success. Mm-hmm. No one answers. Mm-hmm. He eventually reached another player whose parents had picked him Lucky. up. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> what a lucky You know what? This would have been me because I would have been like, I don't want to go in that cave, y'all. I'll and see y'all tomorrow. Me, but I would have been so mad because I'm like, why can't I go to the cave with the other boys? My mom's like, you're not going <laughs> in that cave. And rightfully so. Yeah. Anyway, he eventually reached another player whose parents had picked him up after practice. And that boy told him, told the coach that the rest of the team had gone exploring in the caves. They are so lucky that that boy didn't come. Yeah. Because otherwise, who they, knows? They wouldn't have known they were there. Oh, it's scary. The head coach raced to the caves to find abandoned bikes and bags near the entrance and water rushing very fast out of said entrance. So he alerted the authorities to the group of missing children. These authorities called in the elite Thai Navy SEALs, the mm. National Police, and other rescue teams. Uh, local volunteers also pitched in. I don't know when it happened. Maybe it says in your notes, which I didn't have a chance to read before we started, but... This became a huge media circus yeah, thing, too. Yeah, it did. U.S. SEALs team came like in. Like whole, it was, like, yeah, yeah, tons of people show up. Initial investigations found footprints at one of the chambers in the cave, but no other sign of the boys still alive. So they're not, it's not looking good. No, it's not. Also, it's I'm boring. Su- Sorry. I'm surprised that they kept looking at this point. I mean, I know they're children, so you got to keep looking. You maybe want to find the bodies, if nothing else, yeah, and bring it home to the their family. Parents. But it's like... You kind of, you probably at this point assume they, they have to be dead. You know? I would. Like, imagine, can you imagine if you had a kid and... It's scary. Oh, my God. I would be... Because there's nothing you can do. No. Like, you can't go. You just got to fucking why, sit at home. This is why I don't have exactly, fucking children. Like, this is why I don't have children. My anxiety is not set up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to care about someone yeah. that much. You know, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I had a dog for about two weeks. And I gave her to my parents because my anxiety was just not handling it. Yeah, I couldn't know. So if I, my mom goes, I, you know, for a while I thought maybe you would eventually have children, but the minute you handed us that dog, I knew it would never happen. Because <laughs> if you can't handle a dog, there's no way you can have Mm-mm. a child. And I was like, you're right. Also, I hate children, yeah. but you're yeah. right. <laughs> well, yeah. So first of all, just don't really right. like them. Second, um, it's too much. You know, in Jurassic Park, where Alan Grant is like, they're loud. They. You know, they smell. Yep. I'm like, girl, same. Same. And also, (laughs) he was proven right because that little motherfucker will not stop fucking talking. Right. He he eventually loves them. Oh, (laughs) JP. So anyway. (laughs) Sorry, I was watching JP right before Kim got here because it was on TV. We digress. Exploring the caves was a challenge. Most of the Navy divers had little cave diving experience. Why would you, though? You wouldn't. I mean, I'm not trying to be like, but... Also, the weather was merciless. There was heavy rainfall. Um, it meant that the water levels, they were still rising, flooding chambers, and it was cutting off rescuers from parts of the cave. so scary. Yeah. At the start, no one really had any idea what to do. There's really no didn't. kind of like central person being like, this is what we need to do. And so officials, you know, they brought whatever equipment they could think of, like water pumps, pipes, 
knives, shovels, but it was most of it was apparently unsuitable to the task. Pretty much. They even tried drilling into the mountainside, yeah. desperate, yeah, to find cracks into the cave system, which they could, like, squeeze the boys into. Uh, they used drones with thermal sensors also to try to locate the boys. Unfortunately, the drones didn't have the capacity to scan for people deep underground. Yeah. So they were pretty much useless. Yeah, bunk-ass drones. <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, all these you rescue... You couldn't figure that out before you put the drone out? Like. While all of these rescue attempts were being made, meanwhile in the cave, the boys, they're surrounded by darkness. No. It sounds like a nightmare. Right. Like a living nightmare. The boys and the coach, they, they've lost all sense of time. It's dark. They don't yeah, know how much you time they have passed, how long they've been down there. Fear was probably setting in. Yeah. The boys used rocks to dig five meters deeper into the shelf to create a cavern where they could huddle together and keep warm. Because keep in mind, it may be summer, but underground, it is perpetually damp and chilly. And cold and so wet. So they would be cold. Ugh. Yeah. Poor things. Luckily for them, their coach was a former monk. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> of course. And he taught the boys meditation techniques. To help them, like, stay calm and use as little air as possible. He also made them lie completely still so they could, like, conserve some of their energy. That's, ugh. Although the boys didn't have any food, they did have water in the form of moisture dripping on the cave walls. Yuck! And although it was dark, they had torches to see. I guess, what, flashlights? It didn't say what kind of torches. It just said, like, it was dark, but maybe they made some torches. I'm not sure. Okay. Some, Some sort of... Torch. They had a little bit of light, just a little bit. Back on the outside, in the real world, the mm. story of the Trap Boys has gained national okay. attention. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Volunteers from other parts of Thailand flew in. Thai social media lit up. Love and support. Everyone's rooting for the boars. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. The first international rescuers arrived on June 28th. So what day did we say was the first day? June 23rd. So they've been in there five days already mm-hmm. the first international rescuer shows up these were u.s air force rescue specialists and cave diver divers from the uk belgium australia scandinavia and many other countries so look ty put out the call and the world answered we they answered they're like i know cave diving i'm coming let's go over the next few days the uh, international rescuers and the tie divers they fought a constant battle with the the elements. They mm. had to swim against strong currents. They're often forced back by rising floodwaters, all trying to make a rescue attempt. That's terrible. A little over a week into the rescue mission, rescuers finally made some progress. They reached a cavern they had dubbed Chamber 3. It served as kind of a base for where the divers would jump off and keep searching further into the cave. Mm-hmm. The very next day, there were two British divers who made a breakthrough discovery. So for days, those two have been braving the caves, narrow-ass passages, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> laying out guide ropes, searching for signs of life. They noted that wherever there was airspace, they would surface, shout for the boys, and like sniff for them. Gross. Well, on that particular day, I guess they got a whiff of these rank-ass boys. You know they would be rank as fuck. Yeah, you know they were, and they smelled them. Because, first of all, you just came from practice, so you sweaty and mm-hmm. stink. And now you've been... You've been in here for seven days, right. getting nastier and funkier. This is how I was after um, I had been without power for several days from the uh, winter storm. Right. A little rank, a little stinky. Mm, a little, little damp. Just a little stinky. 
The light from their torches revealed the boys who started to emerge from the darkness. And luckily, all 13 were alive, which is great news. So the two divers, they spent a little time with them trying to boost their morale. And then they're like, all right, so like we're going to go. But like, <laughs> we're going to go get food. It's been real. We'll be right back. Now that we know where you are, here's some more lights. Peace out. We'll see you soon. See you soon. So the team of divers was joined by military medics and Navy SEAL divers. And although they want, the kids wanted to eat all the food that they were brought, they had to be put on special diet of medicated liquid food and mineral water with added vitamins because I guess of their severe dehydration and yeah, lack of food. That's for what so they were bringing days. them. Like they wanted them to bring them snacks, but they're like, mm, you get this medicated water. They wanted some fucking chips. I don't blame them one bit. Okay. <laughs> well, now the rescuers had to figure out how to is- extract 13 people. Some who couldn't even swim from a winding, flooded, four kilometer long stretch of caves that even experienced fucking divers would struggle with. I mean, because remember, the divers found, so they've been with like scubaing through these flooded tunnels looking for them, and now they got to get them out. Mm -mm. Mm. So the rescuers identified three possible options of rescue. First, train the boys to dive through flooded areas of the cave. This process was really ripe with potential for disaster mm. and was considered a last resort. Okay. Because, I mean, how are you going to train these children? You want to get them out In quick. a short amount yeah. of time. Number two, pumping water from the cave and waiting for the levels to recede naturally. But this could take up to four months. So they will be in there for a long ass time. <laughs> or finding and drilling alternate passages into the cave. None of these sound like good options. No, they sure don't. Nope. They sure don't. don't. <laughs> On July 7th, it was about two weeks after the boys initially went missing. Ugh. Thai officials were like, all right, like we're going to we're going in now. We're getting them out, period. And it's because apparently locals were telling them on July 10th, um, there's like this big flood and it will completely flood the cave system. Oh, and, so and they have like three days to them. get them out. Oh, so they're like, no. let's go. Okay, so this they split the journey into two sections to get the, the children out. The first, from their rocky ledge to chamber three was the most difficult passage. Rescuers made their way for hours through pitch dark water that was freezing, just kind of feeling their way with the guide ropes. And at times they had to navigate sections so narrow that only one body at a time could pass through, which... I just don't even want to think about and, this. Oh my God. Like, think of how claustrophobic oh that must God. be or just waiting your time. Yeah, like, like not being knowing. Being the last one? Yeah. No thanks. No. So phase two was each boy was secured in a stretcher and carried by a team of at least five men. At one point, they had to place a stretcher on a raft and pull across chin, a chin high pool of water. Ooh, mm. yikes. Oh God, I can, it gives me like the chills yes. thinking about it. The boys were taken out in batches over several days. I would have been like, can I go first? Please, please, please. please. <laughs> no, I don't want to go first because I don't want to be the test, right? Like, I don't want them to fuck this up. Like, I want to be in that second batch. Second or third, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. The boys were taken out in batches over several days and taken to the local hospital. By the time all of the boys, the coach, all of the rescuers were out of the cave, the floodwaters were fucking rushing in. They literally made it out in the nick of time. That's just so scary. I know. Ooh. So on Facebook, the Thai Navy SEALs posted, quote, we are not sure if this is a miracle, science, or what. That rescue attempt, I mean, it was, they, the, all odds were against them. Yes. So all the boys made it out alive in okay. the coach. However, there was one casualty. Aww. A former Navy SEAL, his name was Saman 
Gunan. Uh, he was a volunteer who's running deliveries of air tanks to the boys. He lost consciousness after running out of air himself. And he was only 38 years old. He died? Yeah. Oh. I know. That's terrible. It is. I feel like we've learned a lesson here today. Don't go Don't in caves. Don't go in caves. Yeah. That's it. Period. End, End of story. story. Yeah. There's nothing else needs to be said here. <laughs> Unless it's like a touristy one like Carlsbad that Carlsbad, we've both gone to. maybe. But even Carlsbad's a little sus just because anything can happen underground. We don't know what's going on. Maybe a earthquake hits and you're trapped under there. Who knows? You know, you got to take that fucking elevator down too. What if that thing oh breaks? Oh my gosh. I remember that. So I... That While we're talking about it, Carlsbad Caverns was my worst family vacation ever. Really? I was in that, I think I was like 15 or 16. So I was getting to that age where like I was too cool for my mm-hmm, family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Robert and I like bickered, my little brother mm-hmm. and I bickered the whole way. Which is so funny. I was slightly, I mean, I was intrigued by the caves, but I was also trying to be like, oh, these aren't cool at mm-hmm. all. Uh, and I remember driving through the mountains mm-hmm. and being fucking terrified because I hate driving in mountains. <laughs> I remember there were bats and just, it was it was bad. It was bad all around. I fainted in Carlsbad Caverns. Oh. <laughs> I was little. I've been there twice. I went once when I was maybe six or seven, which little is when I, when I fainted. And then again, when I was maybe 14 or so. Because when I was 14, 13, maybe 13, we went on this, we call it the Great Western Adventure. And we drove over to, from Nacogdoches to Colorado. And we went to the Great Sand Dunes National Park. Mm-hmm. And then we drove from Colorado over to Utah. We went to Moab, Utah. I went to Arches National Park. My mom loves national par- parks, I should Clearly. say. She loved, loves national parks. And then we drove down to Arizona. I went to Flagstaff. We went to a couple national parks there. We went over to New Mexico. We went to the Painted Desert, the Painted Desert, the Petrified Forest, and Carlsbad. Sounds like a really cool trip. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But then that was so. I remember Carlsbad more from that trip, just because when you're little, you don't remember. No, shit. Not but at I all. do remember I fainted. I believe in Carlsbad when I was little. I don't know why, but I, you know, even now I just like to faint. My body just occasionally likes to faint I just hates it for no reason. All right, so so Carlsbad, Carlsbad caves, caves, <laughs> caves bad, caves bad. Do not ten out of ten would, would not, not recommend. recommend. Yeah, would not recommend. What are we doing next week? The fly, the fly. <laughs> You're like, what are we doing with Jeff Goldblum? Because it's Volume Two, Monster Mash, Monster March. Mash March. Bam, bam, bam. That's a bit of a tongue twister, Monster, Monster Mash, Mash March. Yes, so that'll be a fun one. Both of us have not seen it, and we're a little apprehensive about the body, the body horror. horror. For sure. So we'll see. We'll give it a go. We're, you know what? You the know, what do can go wrong with Jeff Goldblum? We power through because we are dedicated to this job. For y'all. For y'all. Also because it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Room 237, the podcast. We're on Twitter at Room 237, the pod C1. Or you can send us an old-fashioned email at Room 237, the podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Give us that little five-star shout-out, a little note. Tell us what you like. Let other people find us. Yeah. Maybe also just tell a friend today. 
Yeah. Hey guys, I heard this new podcast. Oh really? What is it? It's called Room 237. It's oh, super funny. Oh cool. What's it about? It's about horror movies. Even if you don't love horror movies, friend, imaginary friend, you might enjoy this because you don't have to watch the movie to just listen to Kim and Megan talk about funny shit and make Agreed. fun of the movie. Good times. Good times. And then your friend says, you know what? I will check out that podcast. You're right. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Word of mouth. And scene. And <laughs> Okay. Until next time. Until next time, stay safe, friends. Stay safe. We'll Uh, see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.